And we're going to start reading at verse number one. I'm going to read a few verses here. And we're going to take a look. For many, it is a very familiar passage of Scripture. But we're going to look here what the Lord has laid upon our hearts here today. When you come to your place, would you stand with us for the reading of God's Word here this morning? 1 Kings chapter 17. And we're going to start reading at verse number one. If you're there with me, would you say amen? Amen. The Bible says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is, before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook, and it came to pass after a while. Somebody say, after a while. After a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. Amen. If I can, for just a little bit this morning, I want to preach on the thought, when God runs your resource out. Amen. When God runs your resource out. I can assure you today that our resource, our strength, our know-how, our abilities All the things that maybe today we could brag of that we possess or that we're capable of. I can assure you of this is that there is not an infinite supply. It's finite. There's a beginning and an end to it. But this morning I'm glad to tell you that we serve a God who has an infinite supply. Who's able We're going to ask him to help us this morning. Can we do that? Would you help us to pray one more time? Father, we thank you once again for your goodness today. I thank you for every heart and life. Lord, all things done here this far in this service, your presence, your power. And Lord, I ask you to anoint your word. Let it, I pray, fall and be planted in the fertile ground of our hearts and our soul. Lord, give us ears to hear what you would have to say. I pray, Lord, anoint my mind and lips to preach as would bring you glory. Father, hide me, I pray, behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, meet with us, I ask today in these altars. Let our testimony be that we have left here different than the way that we've come. And we thank you for it. And truly, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. When God runs your resource out. Amen. I want you to understand this morning that 
as we take a look here, just a little bit of backstory, if you will, in regards to the setting of what's going on. I often, I like to take a look and get an, a good idea of the context of Scripture, of uh, sometimes asking the questions, who, what, where, and why? Uh, why are certain things happening? Who's involved? Where is it taking place? What's going on? These are things that I believe help to bring about and to, uh, for God to speak to us in regards to His Word. And we find and many of us are familiar with the story here in regards to the fact that Israel has a problem. Israel has been plagued. It's been plagued with idolatry and it's been plagued with immorality as Ahab and Jezebel, they have promoted and pushed and blatantly and openly began to worship Baal. They had established high places of worship, built altars unto Baal. There's been sacrifices made to Baal. And as a matter of fact, in such a magnitude as to where uh, the nation of Israel, there were many who were turning away from God and they were looking unto Baal and participating in the pagan worship of him. We come to find that as a result of these decisions and as a result of a turning away from God, we come to find where God speaks to Elijah. And Elijah goes and stands before Ahab and he lets him know that God has issued judgment against Israel. That God has given a reprimand and that he is, that he is going to correct this situation in regards to uh, do a work, amen, when God begins to do a work of judgment uh, there is consequence as we know in our lives when we turn away from God when we turn away from his principles when we turn away from his word we find that Israel, their relationship with God, it's very symbolic and it is also uh, very uh, coordinated in regards to how we are in our humanity we find in their humanity the word of God says that all Often they were referred to as being uh, uh, hard-hearted and stiff-necked. Amen. Uh, we uh, growing up there in. Uh, the Poplar Bluff area, I've told you before, uh, the school there in, in Poplar Bluff, uh, uh, you know, a school has their mascots, right? Uh, you, a lot of schools, you know, you look around and some schools are the Warriors and some schools are the Eagles and some schools are the, the Bears and the, and the Lions and all that. Well, in Poplar Bluff, Brother Danny, I guess it speaks to maybe the attitude of the area, but it is the mule, amen. Somebody say, "Ehaw, right? Hey, man, the mule. I told you his country. I told you his hillbilly. It's the mule and the mighty mule. And uh, and there he is, that mule on the logo of the school. Him, him, and his big old buck teeth there, and and just looking at you, Amen. And uh, some would say uh, the mule is a, is a, is a fine mascot. Some would say uh, nothing can carry a load like a mule and nothing can be as stubborn and hard-headed as a mule because we'll use that, won't we? Uh, you know, you're as stubborn as a mule and, and you cross a mule the wrong way and you're in 
in for a karate kick like you've never seen. Amen. And uh, but uh, that was our that was the mascot there in Poplar Bluff, the mule. And uh, when we talk about uh, God's people being hard-hearted and stiff-necked, they were hard-headed and they were stubborn. Uh, they were deep-seated in their ways and they were making decisions and they were pursuing things that God over and again had. had warned them of and would deal with them about in order to draw them back unto him. But we find in this, amen, that judgment has now come and Elijah stands before Ahab and he says, here's what's going to happen. He said, the windows of heaven are going to close up. He said, there's not going to be any dew that falls. There's not going to be any rain that falls until God gives the word again. He said, and for these years, amen, This was not a situation of days. This was not just a situation of weeks, but this was years. If you will, heaven was going to put a vice grip upon the land. It was going to be a tumultuous time. It was going to be a trying time. I want you to know that in this we come to find it is not just for the wicked who were going to suffer. There was even righteous that were involved in the midst of the suffering. There were those that loved God, Brother Jimmy, who were there in that land as well. Excuse me, but nonetheless, judgment was going to set in. God was going to close up the resource of heaven. God was going to shut it down. The cattle and the land, the stocks, the fruit, all of the things were going to come under the crippling grip of this famine that was, and this drought, should I say, that would also produce about that sense of that famine as nothing is growing and nothing is being supplied nothing is being nurtured resource had come to run out as a result of the fact that God said I will not tolerate this wickedness I will not tolerate the worship of another God I will not I will not stand for the fact amen that this king and this queen are promoting such paganism and so therefore God said this is what I want you to tell him so Elijah the man of God stands before Ahab and he looks like the meteorologist amen of the century as he points his bony finger at Ahab and says this is what God has declared as a result of that Elijah knew Ahab knew and God knew that they were going to look to kill the man of God. They were going to look to destroy the one who would present about such a judgment, who would say such harsh words, who would say something that was that was not pleasing at all. And the word of God said that, that God spoke to Elijah and told him, said, I want you to go and I want you to turn eastward and I want you to go to the brook Cherith and I want you to be there. And he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sustain you while you're in that place place. He said, you're going to drink of that brook. He said, and I've already got a door dash set up for you. He said, I'm going to send ravens and 
said those ravens are going to bring you bread and flesh in the morning. And I, this is what I love. I want you to catch something here. He said, I've already commanded. He said, I've already commanded the ravens that they're going to bring you bread and flesh in the morning. And they're going to bring you bread and flesh in the night. And you're going to eat that. And you're going to drink of that brook. And I'll report in and I'll tell you later on what all's going to happen. But for right now, that's where I need you to be. I want you to understand this morning, church, is that in the day and time in which we live, in the chaos and the confusion of this world, maybe even in the chaos and calamity of what's going on in your life, maybe in places that are arduous, maybe in places that are dry, maybe in places where you look around and you'd say, God, I'm trying to make some sense exactly of what you're doing. Have you ever been there in a place where it seemed like heaven was closed up? Have you ever been there where it seemed like it was a long time since you'd felt a refreshing touch from heaven? Is there anybody besides a pastor? And I know pastors shouldn't admit to certain things, but I'll confess to you, there's been times, Uncle Danny, I've prayed, I've been in the prayer closet, I've been in the altars, I've been seeking God. And Brother Keith, it seems like God is a million miles away. I want to talk to somebody this morning. I know you showed up in your Sunday best. I know you showed up singing the songs. You done been hugging Sister June and wishing happy birthday, and there's been smiles and celebration. But there's some folks sitting in here today that you would say, There's famine in my spirit. I'm worn, and it feels like a wilderness, and I'm trying to figure out what God's looking to do. I came to tell somebody this morning that we serve a God that when your own strength, when your own resource, when your own know-how, when your own capabilities run out, there's a God that stands in a place to say, I want you to recognize and realize who I am and what I can do on behalf of my children. Oh, understand is that it is a fearful thing. It is a difficult thing when we're in place. And you must understand this morning is that when we talk about dry times and we're talking about times where it seems very difficult and hard and we're trying to get clarity, we're trying to understand, we're trying to see exactly where is it that God is leading me? What is it that God's wanting to do? There are some days it's bright and clear and there are some days it's as clear as mud. There's sometimes we are in a place as to where serving God seems like it's just so beautiful and easy and we're moving right along. And then there are other times where it's a real struggle. There are other times when it seems like every distraction and every trapping of life where it seems as if every torment from hell itself will invade our minds or creep into our families. The Word of God reminds us that whether you're just or not, it's going to rain. It's going to happen on both of those. There is not the promise in the Word of God that because we serve Him that every day is wonderful. 
or that there's not days where there's questions or there's not days where there's confusion or there's days it seems that God might be acting a little different than he normally has in your life. I know we won't always shout and say amen over those things. It is our tendency and our propensity, especially in the church, especially around the family of God, to make it seem that we have the answers, to make it seem like everything's okay, to make it seem as if we are people of faith. Oh, and there's never been a struggle. There's never been a bad day. But I'm going to tell you right now, those things are not the truth. You know it and I know it, and God especially knows it. And so therefore, I believe that God would challenge us this morning. What are you going to do when your resource runs out? We come to find that as a result of the fact that drought was going to be upon the land, that it was going to produce pain in the land, that God already had a resource prepared for Elijah, that God already had a place for Elijah to plant himself and to be not only watered, but to be fed he said I want you to go and hide there I want you to go and turn into that place I want you to go and be sustained by what I'm going to give you there he said I've already made provision and I've already spoke the commandment amen can I say today is that in the places where all of the areas we could run and try to hide in all the places where in our frustration when it seems like we're struggling when it seems like if you're like me there's time where I'm tempted to run and try to create something to happen where I'm trying to make sense of it where I'm wanting it to to, to be fixed brother Jeremy I I, I need to fix it I want to do it but I can tell you is that there's many times sister Laura where the only thing I've heard in my prayers is when God would whisper and say I just need you to hide where I am for a little while I just need you to steal away where I am for a little while. Can I tell somebody this morning is that God has a place prepared of resource and rest and restoration even in a place when there is nothing left anywhere else the vicinity of where you are or who you are can I tell somebody this morning God will run your resources out so you will recognize who he is once you understand that this morning we are often conditioned in the church age today As if God is a type of spiritual Santa Claus, always blessing, always giving, always this, always that. And we find that people get uncomfortable. We find that people get disillusioned and disenchanted with things, spiritually speaking, when it seems like God is no longer their bellboy. When it seems that God is not jumping when we snap. When it seems that when we come with our list of all the things we want and what we think we need and we lay it at an altar somewhere and we march back to our pews and we want prayers answered before we even get into the parking lot. We want things fast and quick and convenient and easy and we're looking around us and we've got a lot of things around us to where our life is convenient and where there's resource. 
you come to find that each generation that goes along, there are many of you that your parents wanted better for you. And you wanted better for your children. I know that, that I want better for my daughter. But sometimes in the fact of us wanting better, we have made people weaker. Because instead of a place of reliance, a place of honorable work, a place of commitment, a place of de- devotion and faithfulness, we have worked so hard just to give and just to put things out. And it's generated a thought that a lot of people just think that that it's always going to be that way and like I said we've dumbed God down to the place to think that's all that he's good for and I will tell you this that in my life and in yours if it comes to a place in a walk with God where he begins to sense and see that you're not recognizing him for who he really is I will tell you this morning he loves you enough and let me emphasize he loves you enough to begin to run your resource out. He loves you enough to put you in an uncomfortable place. He loves you enough to let some things happen to you in your life. He loves you enough to get you in a point to say I don't know what else to do to where he stands and says that's what I've been waiting for you to say all this time because I want you to recognize me, my power, my might, my hand, and what I and I alone am able to do. We were saying Wednesday night that if we're not careful, our prayers are prejudiced in the fact and we are, we are oftentimes only going to God in prayer when it seems that the precedence for our prayers because we have an emergency. Can I tell you today, as God wants more for you and God is more than that for you. More than just a place when there's emergency. More than just a place for when, when things are falling apart. Well, Brother Jacob, that's kind of what you're talking about today. But I want you to understand is there are some that maybe even this morning you're in a place of struggle because you're thinking that for some reason God's being unfair to you because certain things have happened. Maybe because certain things are not there. Maybe because certain doors have not opened. Maybe because certain people are not a part of your life. Maybe because there's pain of different things to where certain areas, certain people, certain places, positions, the list can go on and on. They are no longer available. Maybe you find yourself uncomfortable around them. Maybe you find yourself ostracized ostracized from them but can I tell you today in 2023 in a time where it seems we have more than we've ever needed I mean you can go on and you can order anything you want have it at your house in two days you can go to HEB and find just about any grocery item your heart's desire is and if you don't like that you can drive over the golden triangle and you can find whatever 
whatever restaurant you want to sit down at and order off the menu. I'm trying to tell you in this day and time where there is much, where there is luxury, where there are pleasures all around, God said, I'm looking for some folks that'll go and hide where I am, that'll rest under the shadow of the Almighty. He said, I'll run the resource out for you to recognize me once again. Recognize me once again. He asked you to see him for who he is. He asked you to acknowledge the fact, amen, that he and he alone is capable. I want you to understand we find that Jesus even spoke the words, giving the analogy, the parable of the vine and the branches. And we come to find, he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. And he goes on to say in that parable, and some would say this is a bold statement. There are a lot of so-called Christians that don't like to hear this, but don't get mad at the preacher. I want you to understand this is the B-I-B-L-E. This is what Christ said. He said, for without me, you can do nothing. For without me, you can do nothing. You can get as many promotions as you want. You can make bank. You can do good, successful in business. You can have things. And I'm not preaching them evil. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the promotion. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having anything. I heard the heart of a gentleman this week when he said I was giving counsel and advice and I told someone that I love he said I told him said money's not the main thing in other words what would it profit a man if he were to gain the whole world and lose his soul I want to tell you God let me hide in the secret place God let me hide in the prayer closet God let me hide in your word God let me hide under your prayer promises because you know what's ahead you've already made a way you've already spoke the word and the command and you will fulfill your promise may we as a church get up one more time in the confidence of who he is and leave our ego leave our personality and leave our pride behind and say God I'm pursuing after you and who you are. You begin to recognize who God is. Once you understand that even in this, this provision that was made for Elijah, this hiding place, the word of the Lord says, and it came to pass after a while, after a while, that that brook dried up. I want you to remember and understand The fact that as God works and moves on our behalf and God has place of resource, provision to strengthen, to help, to guide all of these various things. Though God has that and provides that, there's times, Brother Eddie, he says... I'm done with this particular thing, this particular place. The brook's dried up because the brook was also subject to the effect of the drought. Eventually, God commanded the same ravens that brought him breakfast and dinner. There was a day, Brother Jeremy, that those ravens didn't show up anymore. There was a day the children of Israel 
When they crossed over the first night in that promised land, they opened up the tents and they looked out. There was no more manna and no more quail. Because God will graduate you from seasons and places in your life and put you in another place for you to recognize an even greater power and capacity that he has to move on behalf of your life and your situation. I want you to understand the Bible says that in this it will make you, excuse me, not only did they recognize who God was, Ahab was going to recognize the power of God. Elijah was going to recognize his keeping power. But I want you to understand as well, when you recognize who he is, it will cause you to reevaluate who you are. Because you never come in contact with God. You never find that hiding place. You never see him at work and ever remain the same. There was a fellow who had a complaint against the Pentecostal church. He said, nowhere in the Bible that I see Jesus running around, shouting. Nowhere in the Bible did I see him hooping and hollering, acting exuberant in worship. Nowhere in the Bible did I see him doing anything like that. He was trying to discredit this man who was sharing his testimony and told him that he went to a Pentecostal church. So he was trying to tell him, Jesus never did any of those things. He said, read it. That old boy looked for a minute. He said, you know what? You're exactly right. He said, I haven't read one time where Jesus was hooping and hollering, where Jesus was carrying on in such a way. He said, but I read many of stories that the people who he touched sure did. He said the people that he got a hold of, he said the people whose eyes were open, the people whose ears were unstopped, the women whose children were resurrected from the dead. Oh, there were people that when Jesus got a hold of them, when Jesus spoke in the situation, what are you trying to say? You see, when you recognize who God is, it'll cause you to reevaluate who you are and what makes sense to you. Can I tell somebody that God will run your resource out for him to prove himself in the sense that when you think you've seen God do it one way when you could sit around and say oh that isn't that the anthem of the church you get a bunch of church folks together they love to say we ain't ever done it that way before we don't do it that way around here What do you mean try to do it like that? Uh Uh-uh, that ain't going to fly, Jack. That ain't going to happen. How dare dare you do that? What do you mean do that? What do you mean sing that? What do you mean that outreach? What do you mean that? (laughs) Because we get in such a place. We get stuck in our routines. We get stuck. There's some folks you've been saved since 1932. And you think that God's been doing things the same way each and every time. And I hate to break it to you. You ain't sanctified anymore. You turn petrified sitting in a pew. A religious stick in the mud because you're been out of shape and upset when God isn't doing it how you want brother and sister ladies and gentlemen I want to tell you God will shake your life up to cause you to reevaluate where you stand what you're looking to and what you're in love with come on here 
There's sayings when God closes a place, Brother James, a resource out. When God will run a place, a resource out. I recognize who he is, but I cannot properly recognize who he is without recognizing some things about me. Some things are where I stand and recognizing the fact that maybe I found myself in the habit, in the place of thinking, well, God's got to do it like this. Have you ever tried to duplicate a miracle in your life? It's okay, I didn't expect you to throw a hand up. I can tell by some of you, you don't make eye contact. You're like, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Let me, let me tell you how this works. I've tried to do it, right? You've been in a desperate place and you prayed or you fasted or you did something. God spoke. It may be in a service. You obeyed the Lord. You did it. And God, I mean, just blessed he made a way. He healed your body. He provided financially. Maybe there was a certain situation. You needed the door to open. It opened. I mean, it was just wonderful. And you find yourself six months down the road. You're up against a tough place again. And isn't it funny how we try to duplicate everything we just did? We will pray the same amount of days. We'll fast the same. You will wear the same outfit you wore six months ago on that Send a text to the pastor. Can we sing this song, this song, and this song? I'm needing, I need this to happen. This has got to happen. And we are in the business of trying to duplicate, and let me say it like this, recreate a particular miracle, a particular situation where God worked. And I love because somebody once told me a long time ago, a very wise man said, you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Just... Lay it out to him. And for fun, he'll just mess it all up. And he'll stand there and he'll smile. And, 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 but what, what it does is it causes you to take a real look. How you're praying. How you're serving. I recognize you, God. Okay, I recognize that you're in this. Elijah couldn't doubt the fact he's just been supernaturally supplied for but Brother Tobin, the brook dried up. Ravens quit showing up. Listen to what God does. You can keep reading in this chapter. This entire, I was nearly tempted to read the whole chapter, but I figured somebody backslide before I got done reading the whole chapter. Because <laughs> you just can't fathom I'd read a whole chapter for a text. And so... If you, if you look further down the story, once the brook dries up and the ravens quit showing up, then Brother Danny, God says, I mean, this is a, a, a place of evaluation. This is where Elijah, I'm, I'm sure he's thinking, I, I, you know, I, I'm trusting you. I was here at the brook. I mean, you sent birds to feed me. But he, th then it seems that God just does something so disruptive. He said, I want you to go to Zarephath. And he said, there's a widow woman there who will sustain you. Say what? Can you come again? Maybe I had a little bit of in interference. So I'm leaving a, you know, I had a good thing going here. I had the brook. I had the ravens. I had the food. You've dried it up. They quit showing up. And now I am going to go and be a burden upon a widow woman? You're, you're asking me to, to do this? Now, the Bible doesn't tell us that he had this conversation with God. However, 
There will be some things that you'll look at that God, Elijah asked God to where I believe that he was conflicted on some things. You see, I want you to understand that when God runs your resource out and you recognize God and he causes you to reevaluate some things, it, that what you're, one of the things you're going to have to reevaluate is what you think is best. I know those them's fighting words for some folks. Because you're convinced that what you think is best is the best solution. It's the best answer. If you've ever prayed like pastors prayed, I have prayed out of obligation to say that I prayed, but in my mind, I already had the answer. Oh, I know none of you are going to be honest enough to, to admit that. You know how it is. In your mind, you've done, yep, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. This is where I'm going to go. This is how it's going to take care of. And then out of obligation to where we can, when pastor talks to us and we tell him all of our plans and we say, and he says, did you pray about it? What are you laughing so hard for, Glory? Did you, did you pray about it? And we can square our shoulders and smile and say, yes, I have. Hallelujah. I prayed about it. But we didn't pray to get God's answer. We did so to ease the conscience that we came to him with our mind made up. Am I preaching anybody this morning? We come to a place, and what God will do is he'll say, all right, I'm getting ready to cause a little bit of chaos in your life. And he, one thing that Elijah does, he might have questions, but Brother Jerry, you can't deny the fact the man obeyed God. The man obeyed God. He goes to Zarephath in his mind, I imagine, already wrestling. God is sending me to a widow woman's house to sustain me there. He goes and to add insult to injury, he gets there. He sees the woman there at the gate. And guess what she's doing? She's getting a couple of sticks to make her last meal. about uh, reevaluate what's going on. I mean, God, it seemed like the other plan was much better. A widow woman, you want her to sustain me. He's a man. There's pride in the fact of most men. He, he wasn't a man of 2023. I didn't know if some of y'all caught that. I'm just going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now, some skinny jean wearing boys show up <laughs> to court my daughter. Am I preaching, Brother Jeremy? I can say a lot of things, won't be careful because we're in mixed company this morning. But coming in and he ain't ever lifted his finger. He don't know nothing about nowhere, Brother Drew. He ain't ever worked hard a day in his life. I'm going to say, hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more. You hear me? You understand? We got, oh, don't even, I won't even go on that rabbit trail. But he, there was that sense of pride. How am I as a man, am I going to go? How am I going to go? And, 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 
expect this widow woman to sustain me. How am I going to go? And then he shows up and she's gathering sticks. And at first may be a thought because he says, what are you doing? He's just confirming what God had said. She said, I'm getting a couple of sticks. She, she said, I've got a handful of meal and I'm going to make a couple of cakes. And my son and I, we're going to eat it and we're going to die. What are you? Let me just say this. God will run your resource out and cause you to reevaluate everything that's going on and cause you to even question some things because I want you to know something. Your life is not your own and it's not just about you. But there are some things that he's doing in you and in the moment that's running your resource out that's going to link you with somebody else. Now it's not just about Elijah, but now there is this widow woman, and she's got her own set of needs. She's got her own dilemma. And I want to tell you is that there's a lot of people in this world, their resources run out. They're gathering the last sticks. There's some people before you get so fighting mad at Walmart, before that waitress didn't fill your tea up as quick as you wanted, before somebody didn't do, didn't do and you want to you cuss somebody out and carry on and everything. Don't you let you, your pastor hear you ever did that. But you, you go and you act a fool and you're mad at the whole world, mad at everybody else. You might be surprised that spiritually speaking or emotionally speaking, they're gathering the last sticks and they're feeling that all hope is lost. And God will coordinate and put you around people and put you in situations. And you'd say, Lord, it don't make sense, but I will obey you. You've run my resource out. You sustained me in one place and you're moving me to another. And I don't quite know, but God already, if he commanded the ravens in one place and he told the widow woman before Elijah ever got there, he said, I'm going to send the man of God your way. And on that day, she didn't know what all it would entail. And here she is, sticks, handful of meal. He said, could you fetch me a little bit of water? He said, and by the way, can you bring me one of them biscuits? God was running her resource out. God was causing her to reevaluate some things. Could you see her like I do, putting that cake together? There was some things Grandma made that I would ask Grandma. I'd say, how come yours tastes so much better than everybody else's? And Grand would say, well, she said, it's a love I put in it. My Grand was also a little ornery and sometimes she'd say, because I spit in it just right. I'm sorry, that offends some of y'all. Some folks would say, they'll even, they'll even go a step further. I said, boy, they put their foot in it. Amen. We got all kinds of things to describe good, good cooking. And, I, and I, Grandma would say, it's, it's the love I put in it. Because, because there were certain things that Sister Linda, anybody else in the world could try it, but it wasn't like hers. Can you, can you picture with me the cake that that widow woman's making? And Brother Michael, I... I can't help but not believe that there was a few tears that landed in that mix. 
I can't help but believe, Sister Lindy, that as the tears were falling and making that cake, that she's reevaluating. She's saying, God, I know who you are, and I know what's going on around us, and I know you said you'd send, you would send this, this man of God, but what you're asking of me. Maybe she came to the resolution, I was going to die anyway, so I'll give him this. She takes it to him, and we come to find that as a result of, but here again is the powerful truth, we see Elijah's obedience and we see her obedience. When God runs your resource out and you recognize who he is and he causes you to reevaluate some things, he will challenge you. If there's ever a preacher that tells you that God or his word will not make a demand of your life and ask some things of you, if they never tell you that, you better run far as you can. Because I'm here to tell you, you walk with God, he's going to ask you. He's going to put his finger on some things, Brother James. He's going to deal with some precious things, Brother Wesley. Some things we think we can't live without. We find that as a result of this, she obeys the Lord. And the Bible tells us of the miracle that happens in her house. She goes back and for the sake of time, every time throughout the remainder of that drought, every time she went to that barrel of meal, there was more. Every time she went back, Sister Anna, there was enough. Every time. Can you imagine? Invites the kids over. I can see your son inviting his buddy over. Come over and take a look at this barrel of meal. Watch, watch. And they go back, look, see? It never runs out. God will run your resource out for you to recognize him, for you to reevaluate even some of the things that make sense. But he'll do so. In order to give restoration. Sister Carolyn if you'd come. You see the rest of this chapter. It did not conclude with everybody just sitting around the table. Eating that, those cakes happily ever after. Tragedy strikes the home. The meal was still there. Elijah was still there. The scripture tells us he was staying in a loft up above her house. So the man of God that represented the presence of God and the word of God, he was still there. She was still receiving of the miracle, but now another problem, another tragedy. The scripture says that for many days they ate. Many days this went on until the very end of that drought. But we find later on it says it came to pass. This is 1 Kings, same chapter, 17, verses 17 and 18. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore or so bad that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, what have I to do with thee? In other words, she was saying, what have I done to you? What's going on here? 
O thou man of God, art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? Is this the reward of my obedience? Is this how things are going to be? Brother Gary, when you get down to about verse 20, we find that Elijah's prayer to God is this. He said, God, and I'm paraphrasing, but you can read it. He said, God, he said, is is this what happens to those that are connected to me? Questions. Not understanding. God, I recognize you've proven miracle after miracle. I've reevaluated some things. Some things I thought were impossible, you proved impossible. But here we are, another problem, another tragedy. Is this what you do? That's what Elijah's words were. But he took that boy and he took him up to the loft and he laid him on his bed. And in the midst of his praying, the Bible said that he laid his body out on top of that boy. He did this three different times, crying out to God, crying out to God. Resource has run out. God, I recognize you. God, I've reevaluated some things. And God says, watch what I will restore. Watch what I will do. The Bible says that boy, he began to sneeze. And he came back to life again. And Elijah took him down, walked him down the stairs and presented him to his mom. Alive, healed, whole. I told you a while ago, this wasn't just about Elijah. This was about a woman who was in a place her resource was out. And this was about a son that his resource was going to run out. And God says, when you're at the end of your resource, I'll run it out of you so you can see that I am God. I can bring it back to life again. The Apostle Paul made this statement. He said that I might know him. That I might know him. Listen to what he said though. He said, in the fellowship of his suffering and the power of his resurrection. I want to tell somebody this morning, and I know this may not be popular, but there are some things that cannot be resurrected until death happens first. God will run your resource out. He will cause some things to die out in order to restore and bring something new again, better than you've ever imagined. You know what the woman said? And I'm closing with this. At the end of the story, Brother Wesley, she looks at Elijah. If she had ever any doubts before, she said, now I know that you are a man of God. She said, and now I know that you speak the truth. God wants to, in a place where it might seem your faith is shaken, where it seems like things are unstable, where it seems like there's all this going on, where it seems like how can faith even abide here? God's wanting to do some things to prove to you, to show you He is God. He's able. And that He is telling you the truth. heads bowed all over this sanctuary. Father, I thank you today.
I thank you today for your word and I thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, I pray. I pray today, hearts and lives here this morning. I believe it's not by coincidence, but you have placed and planted some folks here today by divine appointment. Lord, I pray, confirm your word. And I ask, oh God, oh, that the Holy Ghost would just reassure and deal with hearts and lives here this morning. I don't know today all the ins and outs of your life. I don't know your struggle. I don't know what all you've been up against. Maybe the private places that you've been wrestling with. Maybe for some it's been a public battle in your body. Maybe it's been a situation in your mind, your emotion. Maybe for some things in the family. But today I want you to know God has run your resources out on purpose. Your testimony's been, I'm at the end of my rope. Your testimony's been, I don't know what else to do. And God says, I'll run them out so you can recognize who I am. So you can turn your heart again to me. That you're not enamored by all the distractions and all of the abilities of others or yourself. He wants you to reevaluate some things. He wants you to step out in obedience. He wants you to understand that He's not going to do everything the same time all the time. He wants you to know He's a God that restores. And that this situation is not just about you, but there are some people tied to you. There are some things God wants to do in you to be a testimony to somebody else. There's some things God's doing right now. He'll move you from one place, put you somewhere else in order that you will connect with somebody who's in a hopeless place themselves. This woman said, we're going to eat this cake and we're going to die. But God had other plans. God heard the cry of this mother. God knew the future of this son and the miracle that would have to take place. Today I'm going to ask you, you're in a place and maybe your resource, your know-how, your ability, maybe it's your sanity. Maybe it's your money. Maybe it's your influence. The list goes on and on, but maybe it's run out. And it's not because God doesn't love you, but it's the fact that He's trying to reveal some things in you of who He is and what He can do. That's your heart today. And you'd say, Lord, I want you to do that in me. Reveal it to me. I want you to restore. I want you to help me as I reevaluate. Lord, I today I want to recognize who you are. That's us. Come on, church. Let's find ourselves a place in these altars this morning. Come on. and what, it, what is it today? What represents the brook that's dried up? What represents the resource that's run out? What represents the last cake that you were going to make and the last fire that you was going to build? What today is going on in the heart, the mind? What's going on in the inner man? Where's the struggle? Where's the battle? Oh, but Lord, today... 